0: Welcome to the 102nd episode of the Young Terps Podcast from the Viner 4Gate Studio. This is your host, Mason the Intern Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking about the Maryland basketball season and a long non-rev report. But before we get into that, all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV, contact Allied today for a free, no obligation quote, at 301-986-0067, or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. On the non-rev side, it's tournament
1: time for the winter sports and spring sports pull swing. To start things off, wrestling's Yusof Fimenda finished 6th at the NCAA Championships, making him an All-American for the first and last time in his career as his he is a senior.
0: Yeah, that's great for Yusuf. It's a great end to the career for Kerry McCoy. It's been rough recently, but, you know, he kind of went out on a good note.
1: Yes, he did. Gymnastics swept the Towson 5 meet up in Towson, defeating the host of the event, Towson, in addition to Pitt, New Hampshire, and George Washington. They also came in
0: third at the Big Ten Championships behind only Ohio State and Michigan State. And the team has qualified for its second straight NCAA tournament with its highest overall seed at 28th. Yeah, another great year for the gymnastics program as they continue to build. Has not improved or scored in the three games they have played. They have lost to USF and Northwestern, both seven to nothing, as well as Illinois, four nothing. Yeah, some rough games for tennis. Softball has posted a one and six record since the last time we updated. They lost four in a row with losses to Virginia, and they were also swept by number twenty Minnesota at home, losing one game by a score of nineteen to five, with the mercy rule being enacted in the fifth inning, so it's been a rough stretch for softball. Yeah, they rebounded a little with a three
1: to two win against Ohio State before getting blown out the next two by a combined score twenty five to four. The team is now five hundred on the season at seventeen seventeen, and will travel to Michigan State for a three game series starting on Friday.
0: Baseball has also not been doing so hot. They've gone three and five, beating Elon twice on the road and being swept by national powerhouse Creighton in a three-game series at home. They moved to Big Ten play this weekend, hosting Indiana and Lake softball. They won the first game before getting blown out in the next two, losing by a combined score of 39-9. Women's lacrosse beat three ranked teams over the past two weeks and is still number two behind Boston College. They defeated Penn State, who was number 23 on ESPNU, 17-6, and won at number seven, James Madison, 18-5. Beat print number 14, Princeton, in the first women's lacrosse game ever on Fox Sports won 15 15-7, and most recently annihilated Rutgers 20-3 to in New Jersey. Next, they traveled down to Virginia to take on the Wahoos on Wednesday.
1: Men's Lacs split their two games since our last podcast, being number 19, UNC, on ESPN News, 16-9. Then the number three ranked Turks played what many said was the game of the year so far in college lacrosse hosting
0: number one Penn State, but the Terps would fall 13-10. Yeah, the slow start killed John Tillman's squad last night. Wayne and Bruce were out there. I did not make it out to College Park. Uh, they were down 8-1 early on, but fought back all the way to get it to 8-7 to when there was a feeding pass across the crease to Anthony DeMaio, who couldn't dunk it in. The ball instead rolled out of bounds, and that really wrote the story for the rest of the way for Maryland, who quickly... Lost their comeback, and Penn State just took it home. Maryland loses their first game to Penn State. Jordan, guess how many they had won in a row before last night? I'm gonna say 17. I'm just feeling 17. Uh, you got about half. They were 36 and 0 against the Penn State and the Lions, depending on what um, records you looked at. Obviously, lacrosse that range was back before it was an NCAA sport, and so it was a little bit. A little bit disappointing to see Maryland lacrosse not get that up until you know the 60s, like football. But hey, you know it is what it is. Penn State's been building for a while; it was bound to happen. Well, one of the lacrosse sites I read, maybe it's had the cross, I'm not sure which one, said that this was Maryland's chance take taking on one spot in the polls. Probably it was. Missing. It was because you had the other teams around the top five. Yale lost to Penn, who the Terps beat earlier this year. Uh, Duke lost, I think it was their second straight game, and then Ohio State lost their Big Ten opener, too to Rutgers, which was a really surprising result. So you had everyone drop out in the top five, which led to Maryland only going down to two or three, depending on which poll you left, you looked at. But it definitely had Maryland taking that number one spot if they were able to win this game. But hey, you know, it's Maryland men's lacrosse. We're not playing for number one right now. We're playing for number one come Memorial Day weekend. And this is a great preview of a matchup that you could be seeing up in Philly uh, on Saturday. Or Monday, depending on how lucky the Terps get. Well, I guess good for Penn State. This is a real program building win for them. No, nothing's won. good for Penn State, Jordan. We don't like Penn State. Yeah, okay, fine, fine.
1: Um, one last non-real bit here. Women's basketball has some recruiting news. The number five recruit in the country, <coughs> Ash, Ashley Osumu, was named to the Jordan Brand Classic, as well as number 18 recruit in the country, Diamond Miller, both committed to Maryland, of course. Finished her, season, her senior season
0: undefeated in St. New Jersey. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot to be looking forward to for Brenda Freese. Obviously, this season didn't end the way that anybody wanted to, but we'll get to that at Near the end of the podcast, Um, looking down, we have some soccer news. Terps soccer player Maurice Edu retired on March 19th. He is one of the most accomplished pro Terps ever. The 2005 National Championship team, of course. The MLS Super Draft top pick, MLS Rookie of the Year, Scottish Premier League champ, FIFA 2009 cover, FIFA World Cup 2010 participant. And it's just been a great career from one of the best Terp soccer players of all time. Indeed, it was. In other pro news,
1: former Terp baseball player Brandon Rowe signed a six-year, twenty-four million dollars deal with a four million dollars year average value. That was with the Rays, and from what I could find in my research, this was the largest total value baseball contract a Terp has ever received.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't I? Would not be surprised at all. As, you know, Maryland's had some good baseball players, but they've generally been, like, relief pitchers. There was one guy that was an all-star. Um, I believe his name was Brett Cecil with the Blue Jays a few years back. Um, but nothing nothing of that money. Brandon Lowe has been killing it, though. He was one, part of those Turp teams that made some deep runs, but, you know, Maryland baseball has not been looking good as of recent.
1: Yeah, since uh, John Schatz left a while back. Things have not been trending as well as they had been, but that's how it is. We're not a top-tier baseball program yet. Maybe one day. Um, Keeping going with the positive news here, 23 chirps from winter sports were named to the All-Big Ten academic team for winter, including eight from gymnastics, seven from wrestling, six from basketball, or sorry, six from men's basketball, and two from women's. That's great to see. I mean, I know it's great when we achieve stuff on the field or the court, but for a lot of these kids this is way more this part's way
0: more important. Yes, it is, and that gets lost on a lot of people. They'll look into this in a lot of different ways. Um, let's go ahead and get to the meat of this podcast. Let's talk about the women's basketball tournament for a few minutes first. Uh the Terps top Radford and then lost to UCLA. They beat Radford by twenty one, lost to UCLA by a few points. Just not really the result that any of us wanted to see, Jordan.
1: No, it's really not, especially with the legacy that Maryland women's basketball has and the expectations going to the tournament. There were some positives, though. Tyler Mike Sell, Big Ten Freshman of the Year, broke Maryland's single-season three-point record during the Radford game. But it just doesn't feel filling with how the season ended against UCLA. We have not had a good second round this March Madness season.
0: No, we have not, but even if you want to talk about our expectations. I was a great team. I know they played in the Elite Eight last night. I have not looked at the score, to be honest. Um, We saw the end of that UConn game, which also disappointed me when they lost to, I mean, when they beat Louisville, I really wanted Louisville to win that game because I'm not a huge UConn women's basketball fan, but... We expect the Big Ten Championship. We expect the Big Ten Tournament Championship. I know I think we got to share the Big Ten regular season. But at the end of the day, I want this team in the Sweet 16. I believe that this team should be in the Elite Eight. The Final Four, that's a great accomplishment. But to be honest, as someone that has witnessed probably the gold, definitely the golden age of Maryland women's basketball in my young years, I was just a little bit disappointed to see this team go out in the second round. Yet again.
1: Yeah, the yet again, I think, is what bothers a lot of people. Last year was a bit of a tumultuous year for the team. This year wasn't much better in terms of consistency, but they still won a lot of games. And to be fair, UCLA had some legendary performances. I can't pronounce her last name, but Michaela O posted 30 points, which is her career high, including several crazy shots down the stretch for those who saw the game. And UCLA grabbed 27 offensive rebounds, which isn't too crazy because they're the fifth best offensive re- rebounding team in women's basketball. But still, like, we, we we don't have a shortage of forwards on the Maryland team.
0: And to correct my earlier point, um, Iowa lost by 30 tonight to Baylor, who's looking like the favorite to win the national championship. So Baylor's off to the final four in Iowa, is out ending the Big Ten In the NCAA Women's Tournament. We saw the freshman Shakira Austin. Pick it up this year. There's a lot to be positive about in the future. Including some recruiting classes. But. (coughs) At the end of the day. We all want to see this team pass the Sweet 16. Pretty much regardless. Of circumstance. I mean. I guess last year we can give them a pass. But this year. It should have been in the Sweet 16. They should have done more. It just didn't happen. But. Let's move on, season's season's over, time to talk about the men's team.
1: Yes, another group that has their season over. So last episode we talked about this was definitely a rant. It wasn't organized in any way, we just kind of threw our feelings out there. And now we're going to sit down, maybe, we might do this again soon if we can get some guests, but for now we're just going to sit down and talk about what we thought of this season and how it matched up.
0: Yeah, and I'll start with my thoughts on this season. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, If you told me the results at the beginning of the season, I, unlike a lot of people, a lot of people want to say they would accept them and be, you know, be happy. (laughs) I don't know if I would. I think this is what I expect out of Mark Turgeon. I think it's what I expect out of Maryland basketball. My whole life that I can really remember Maryland basketball has been a second round out. They've had one Sweet 16. It has not been great. So if someone told me they would have gone out in Sweet 16 by a basket to an LSU team that had some good pieces, I would be more surprised about LSU than the fact that Maryland went out in the second round. Um, at the beginning of the year, if someone told me 13-7 and seven and one spot away from that Big Ten double bye, I would accept it. I wouldn't be surprised. Nothing about this year really surprised me. If you go in the season looking at the records and the and the talent that Maryland had, I just, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised. And then really when I felt like this team lacked was during the season. It was in those late games against Penn State and some other ones around that point. That's where I really felt this team. That's where I really felt like if someone just threw the schedule out, I could point to a few games they would lose. But at the end of the day, it's a 13-7 and Big Ten team. A pretty good record overall with a team that went out in the second round. There's not really much more to say if unless you really want to get into the absolute specifics.
1: I think we talked about expectations going into the season. I'll agree. This is about where I thought we'd end up. I, a lot of people were, were kind of down on us starting this year. <laughs> this is more than what I expected. I expected Bruno to break out a little bit. This is, I got what I expected from Anthony Cowan. There are some in, individual players who maybe I was disappointed by or surprised by. On the whole, if you ask me at the beginning of the season, this is what we're going to get, I would say, yeah, right, I'll take it. Now, granted, there were points during this season where I was both very frustrated and pleasantly surprised. I remember after that Seton Hall game in December, a lot of people were very upset. Team was nine and three, and people wanted to fire Mark yesterday. At that point, but then we won nine straight games. This was a real up and down year for us. Um, that's my overall view: is it was a weird year. I really liked this team as a group. I think that going into next year, which we'll get to soon, we're going to have some questions. But on the whole, this was a good building season.
0: I would tend to agree with that. At the end of the year, or at least the regular season, the turfs were 23 and 11. Um, I think you're right. I think it is a good building year. I think there's a lot of good pieces here that are going to stick around. Even if both Fernando and Smith leave, you still have hopefully Anthony Cowan, Aaron Wiggins, Eric Ayala. You know, the list just goes on and on. Sorel Smith, Ricky Lindo, Daryl Morsell. There's so much here. But I I agree with the point that many people wanted to fire Mark Turgeon around December 23rd, right after that Seton Hall game. Then they came back against Radford, and then they really started to pick it up. A win against what was a ranked Nebraska team at home. They beat Rutgers on the road. They beat Minnesota on the road. There was a lot to look at right then and there. But at the end of the year, I always find myself and I hear myself thinking about was I more disappointed in the losses or was I more, you know, did the wins make me happier? Well, the answer for most people that are like me are the losses made you more upset. I look at the games like Purdue, Seton Hall, Penn State, Illinois. The Michigan loss at home. And then, of course, the one to Nebraska at in the Big Ten tournament. And I say to myself, and to you, Jordan, I guess, give me the wins that, could, that can match up with those losses. Give me the times where this team brought you that kind of joy and pr- pride that you want to have as a Maryland fan. And I just... It might be the scheduling. It might be. It might be something else. I find it hard to find the wins to match up to some of the losses that we've seen this year. I think we've had a few. There are a few moments where I would say that we <coughs> your head high.
1: One of them actually is when we lost by five to number to the time number four and currently Final Four bound Virginia, where we came back in that game, which is everybody on the planet knows. It is extremely hard, if not almost impossible, to come back against Virginia. And when we came back into that game, I think that was one of the highest moments of the season. Take what you want from
0: that. I just, I find it always to be hard to look at a game that you lost and then think, man, look at how proud I am that I lost. I guess, they fought back against a team that's really hard to do. And I'm just going to keep throwing these questions out that I have, which... Tend to skew negatively, but that's that's, in my opinion, what the reality is. Look at the other teams. What did we say the other week, Jordan? What number in value is Maryland basketball? It's it was it top ten or fifteen or fourteen?
1: It was like sixteen or something. I don't remember.
0: Look at the size of stadium that we have. Look at the fan base that we have when we are good. I was looking at the average attendance the other day and I saw the number is in the seventeen thousand range in a seven in an almost eighteen thousand seat stadium for average attendance for when Maryland men's basketball is good. Give me the comparable team that would accept when Maryland has given. I'm
1: not I'm not saying, once again, that our expectations in the grand scheme of things match up. But I think that you have to be careful when you look at program building, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Because I think of Kentucky actually a lot with this. Kentucky people f- freak out about all the time these days. That they're not living up to the standards of Kentucky basketball, which is a reasonable claim, considering they are the winningest program in <laughs> But they're still getting to the Elite Eight almost every year. Like... What, what would we give to being the elite elite almost every year? So, I just think we need to remember that, yes, 10 years ago, wait, more than 10 years ago now, almost 15 years ago, this would be unacceptable. But it wasn't that long ago that we were just hoping to get in the tournament again. So, yes, the talent we bring in is pretty good, and I actually think, and I know this is not going to be super well liked out there because people don't like Mark Turgeon's player development abilities which I don't disagree with them necessarily with but there are pieces here that if they improve slightly all of them just a little bit and we keep bringing in good players we could be a top 10 team in a couple years maybe even next year if you really want to be optimistic but we need to look at this as as a program building year this was a year that the freshmen came in they were good Next year, we're going to have Dante Scott and the Mitchell Twins. I really like Dante Scott. I think that if you look at it as a program... But I don't want
0: to talk about next year. I want to talk about why I have a basketball program with the money, the funding, the supposed coaching that it has. And I'm talking about a program-building year. In year eight of a coach. Why am, I, why am I seeing this? Why is this acceptable at our school?
1: What do you want? Tell me what you want.
0: I want to be the team that plays the Sweet 16 and at least has an expectation worth something. I want to be the school that doesn't have to have their player defending the coach against the fans. I don't want to have, and here's my biggest problem with this season, you can say whatever you want about what the team did, but at the end of the year, what were we looking at? We were looking at the players, looking at the fans and saying, that's what drives us. You know, they hate us. Our own fans hate us, and that's what drives us to win. Whoever let those players say that needs to be fired. Are they wrong? No, they're not wrong. But it doesn't mean that you can go out and say, point to your own fans and say, you know what, they think that we can't win a game. They think that our coach is a fool. Let's use our own fans to drive us. I don't care what drives you. I, I do, enough- because I that, says to, no, no, no. that says to me, as a member of the Terrapin Club and as a season ticket holder, that my team is playing against me. And I don't like that. Maybe yeah, fine. You know what? They want to use us to drive them. You know what? I kind of see that through this rant that that might be that might be a good thing. That might be what we want. But it it just it doesn't provide a very good look. And I think that it was publicized quite a lot.
1: No, it doesn't provide a good look. And look, this is something. This is a different point. I think if you're looking strictly results-driven, you last <laughs> you, la- you know four or five years. You would keep my surgeon. No questions asked. And yeah, we haven't talked about tournament results. But again, considering we were before, that's not that bad. Because even though Gary's held as a god here, he didn't take us to the 316 in his last seven seasons. Now, when you talk
0: about if you. No, won, but hold on. Hold on. A quick point would say that everyone thinks that 2010 team was much better and they won the ACC regular season. Continue.
1: And you can make the same argument for this season.
0: But can you? But did they win the conference in the regular season and beat top 10 teams at home?
1: Well, they beat a number 12 team at home. But I see your point. And you could actually say they lost their tournament game in a similar fashion and that it killed the fan base when they lost their tournament game.
0: But, you see, I don't think you're getting, when I look at this whole season, why I would be disappointed as a Maryland fan. I think you get it, but I think you're playing the other side in this podcast. I'm disappointed as a Maryland fan because I was not on the floor with tears coming out of my eyes when LSU beat Maryland. I expected that. When that 2010 team lost, let me tell you something. I took off my shirt, I threw it across the room, and I was crying. Most likely because I was in third grade at the time, but... You know, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if Maryland lost another game like that with the team that I felt that way about, the same thing would happen.
1: Well, I was gonna say that's because you're nine years old at the time, but you kinda beat me too
0: Hey, time I time. was ten. Back I off, buddy.
1: I think you're actually eight, if I'm doing my math right. Regardless. The I was pretty upset after we lost this game. I kinda just I was <coughs> I just stood there for a while.
0: I was upset. But I'm not going to say that I didn't expect it. I think we are drawing to the same point, just in a different way. The problem might not be the results of Maryland basketball. It might not be where this specific team ended up. It is that the faith of the fan base is not in this team. The expectation is they lose. The players have had it with that. I'm pretty sure the coaches had it with that. And maybe it's time for everyone to get together and say... We mutually part ways because as a fan base, we don't believe in you. And as a team, you don't seem to think that we have your back. So maybe it's time to end this. That's how I see it.
1: That is exactly what I was trying to get to. If it was about results here, we'd keep Mark Turgeon. We wouldn't have this discussion right now. But it's not about that. For whatever the reason, and I'm not saying I disagree with that at this point, but for whatever the reason is, the fans don't like Mark Turgeon. I don't know if Mark Turgeon really likes the fans I think he's a Midwest guy. I think he'd be better suited somewhere in the Midwest. And yeah, maybe it's just time. <laughs> it's the part of the relationship where you're both just like, I don't know why this isn't working anymore. We don't seem to like each other as much. Maybe we should just move on. I think it's the point where I'll last.
0: You see, when if someone told me something like that, I don't know how I would react. But I've been thinking it for a while, so I've kind of gotten my grasp on it. you're right about the. if it was a relationship you're right that's how it would go instead here there's millions of dollars tied up that i don't think anybody else is really begging to offer mark turgeon that kind of money and i think that mark turgeon frankly this might sound a little outrageous has earned that money the results you're right the the numbers on the sheets of paper have maybe earned him what a few hundred thousand less than he's getting if that
1: yeah, I think
0: it's about fair. So, what's next? Is Maryland basketball just going to keep feuding at this guy until he walks away and says, you know what, keep your money, I'm just done with you? Because I think that's the only thing that's going to happen, if it does happen.
1: I don't think it's that's the only thing that's going to happen, because i see State had the same situation, I remember, a few years ago. Yeah, but Tennessee I just... Indiana.
0: Yeah, but that was... I don't want to say it was different. I mean, obviously it had some of the same characteristics. But that was true top-tier talent. Victor Oladipo, Cody Zeller, uh, even go back to this team, they had Yogi, and who else did they have? They had definitely had some better, better players for this whole thing to go down. That's why that happened. I can tell you that. That was like five-star talent being thrown away, not even making the tournament. This is what would be considered as acceptable or above acceptable results being taken as the fans is just pretty much BS. It doesn't mean anything. We'll lose at the end of the season. All, I say this with looking, you know, the hindsight... All this team needed, all Mark Turgeon needed, and we can debate this topic if we want, but I think we should kind of get back to the season after these last points. All Mark Turgeon really needed was a win against Nebraska and a win against Penn State. Just to show they could win a little bit at the end of the season, because everyone's pointing at that, that we don't win in March. Regular season and postseason. Don't win in March. We were about two games away from this team really doing something, really having a meaningful game against Michigan, and if they lost it, well, hell, they lost, but at least the ticket prices stayed in you know the 200 range or $180, and we had a game where it was, uh, was priced like Duke, it was a big hyped up game like an old Duke or Carolina game, and we had that, but instead, it kind of went the opposite way. They lost that game to Penn State, the ticket prices plummeted, everyone was like, here we go again, and it led to the loss to Nebraska, which worked people up even more, and then the tournament, where everyone just expected them to lose, which kind of took the value a little bit out of the March Madness experience.
1: I would actually say, you could race all of that. If you beat LSU, <laughs> and you go, if you play Sweet 16 against Michigan State at Verizon Center, i sorry, Capital One Arena, it's all forgiven. If you got to that point, you lost to Michigan State, okay, Michigan State is a good team. They beat, you know, assuming they stayed the same, they went to the Final Four. If you won that game, I don't think we're having this discussion. I think we'll be like, we made it to Sweet 16. We played in D.C. It's what we wanted to happen. We lost to a really, really good team. But instead, you see, sit, And yeah, kind of it for me.
0: Yeah, my last point will be, it's kind of just throwing it out there. I think Maryland makes it to Capital One Arena, they win that game against LSU, they could still be alive right now based on what I saw. Michigan State's a great team, but we played them already. We would have had something on them. They would have had something on us. Again, in our home venue. I think Duke was beatable. I'll leave it at that. It's probably unrealistic. It's probably me dreaming. But, I just, based on what I've seen this year, I would not be surprised if Maryland was still alive, if they were still playing right now.
1: So, we've run out for a minute, and I guess, at this point, we'll just cut it soon, and talk about next year's, next podcast but what's
0: your last words on this season, Mason? My last words on this season is I like what Mark Turgeon brought to Maryland this year, players-wise. The coaching, well, I, in my opinion, was better than it's ever been, but it's still a little bit suspect, especially near the end of the season. <coughs> Sorry, I'm a little bit sick while doing this, if you can't tell already. Um, I, just, I have a few things, a few points to point out. I don't understand why that zone wasn't played more. I don't understand why certain players weren't utilized more. But that's all water under the bridge. At the end of the year, it was an okay year. I accept the results. I'm not dis—I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I would say at some times I was a little bit aggravated and angry. But you know, I love Eric Ayello. I love Ricky Lindo. I think Daryl Morsell plays really hard. I think he brought kind of that Maryland spirit with some of these guys back to Maryland that's been missing for a while. I'm just not sure if he is the right guy that matches that, you know, Gary Williams-Maryland mold. Actually, he is not the right guy that matches that mold. But overall, Mark Turgeon and this team did a good job this year. And, you know, they got really screwed by the game times and the scheduling. Those two things were absolutely awful. If you can bring those two things back, a lot of people would have been more happy with the season.
1: I think you summed it up pretty well. I think, on the whole, this team was really likable. I'm going to miss Bruno. I think he probably played the last game here, but he was really fun to watch. I think the coaching at times was pretty good, actually. It wasn't great. And I'm really... I'm genuinely still bummed out that the season ended when it did. Because I really, really wanted us to keep playing. I really enjoyed watching this team. And I've replayed that layup in my head so many times, so that must mean something.
0: It does. That it does. Um, got one more thing to talk about. Got one more thing, one more point to mention, then we'll wrap it up and we'll talk about the future and Bruno Fernando leaving and Jalen Smith potentially going in our next podcast. The game times and the scheduling, I know I just talked about this in my final points, they really did in Maryland in a different way. I just think it added on to the aggravation from the fan base, the 6.30 games, the games on Friday nights, the fact that Donnie Marshall, whether he said it by accident or he meant it, said that Mark Turgeon schedules his games around when Will Turgeon, who's playing at Catholic Plays, I thought that was ridiculous, that whole debacle was worth talking about, but it slips by, you know, just can't play at 6.30 around here, gotta get some good opponents on the schedule.
1: And hopefully we do, and I think that's all we got for
0: today. Yes it is, and as always we'd like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates and Rockville for all of your IT needs. Viner Four Gates is the place to go. You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at one. 1- Viner.com. That's number one. Viner.com. And Allied Party Rentals. For all of your party rental needs, big or small, Allied is the place to go. Tents, chairs, linens, china, and all the other accessories. Even a dance floor can all be brought in by Allied Party Rentals. You can visit them on the web at AlliedPartyRentals.com. Jordan, we will be back this weekend to talk about what's next for Malibu basketball, hopefully with a guest to be announced. That's all I got. Jordan, do you have anything else?
1: Go Terps. Support lacrosse team, I guess. And I'm still bummed out the golf season's already here. But hopefully we have a good Final Four. Should be an interesting one.
0: And that's going to wrap it up for this. I guess this. Well, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit in the next one. But this basketball season, it's been a good one. A lot of good moments on this podcast. A lot of good guests. That's it for this episode. We'll be back this weekend. And as always...